eyes to see myself just as you see me. God, show me because I'm not seeing myself in this word because of I based it on what I had done. I based it on what the enemy had spoken to me. And I, was, I wasn't able to see that his blessings were for me. So I said, God, you're going to have to show me who I am so that I can begin to embrace what you have written because right now I'm not seeing it. Welcome to the Storytellers Live podcast, where everyday women share stories of hope found in Jesus. I'm Robin, and I'm here with Katie and Lindy, and we are your podcast hosts. And today we are bringing you a story from LaToya Matthews, who we are now so thrilled to call a friend. She came to us online and submitted her story, actually, because of one of our older storytellers, Sana. So if you've listened to Sana's story in the past or have not, we'll actually put a link in the show notes for it. But Sana recommended her to reach out to us and said, you will love her story. She introduced us and the rest is history. We do love her story. We do love LaToya and we know that you will too. I know. And you know, just like Sana, LaToya is so upbeat and how she's sharing her story. The beginning of her story, I love how she uses actually a verse that we refer to a lot on Storytellers, which is 1 Peter 2, 9, where you are a royal priesthood. And I love how she gives each one of us this image of, hey, you are a daughter of the king, so you call yourself that. You're going to hear that at the beginning. LaToya's story is really about learning how to forgive yourself. She does walk us through how she forgave herself after walking through an abortion. But I think her story really just tells each one of us, we all have things in our past that we regret and that we don't think that God is big enough to forgive us from. He is big enough to forgive us. And guess what? That forgiveness is really the power of your story. Mm -hmm. And so I hope it encourages you today. Before LaToya's story, we do want to tell you an exciting announcement that our second Bible study, When God Shows Up, Discovering God in Stories of Freedom, is launching this (laughs) August. So start looking for our promotion this summer. Robin mentioned Sana Latrice, who is episode 110. She is included in our Stories of Freedom Bible study that's coming out this summer, and we can't wait for y'all to see it. You're going to love it. If you are looking for a Bible study for now, you can order When God Shows Up, Discovering God and Stories of Hope to do this summer even. Mm -hmm. So go to storytellerslive.org and order today. Here's LaToya. But it is such an honor to be um, here on Storytellers Live, and I'm just so blessed to be connected to you now, thankful to our sister Sana for the connection. And so my name is D. LaToya Matthews. And I like to say D. LaToya Matthews because D is a is a word of significance, right? When you introduce the Queen of England, you say the Queen of England. And so there's a scripture that I love that talks about we are royalty. We are a royal priesthood, you know, and I take that very seriously. So when I introduce myself, I like to say the Latoya Matthews, because I'm something special to God. I'm something special and blessed to be in the earth. And so I want to make sure that people know that I'm the Latoya Matthews, God's Extraordinary Masterpiece, um, which is an acronym an acronym for GEM. And that's what I call my community, God's Extraordinary Masterpieces, because that's what we are. And I currently live in the suburbs, the North Atlanta. I have been here for about 16 years, going on 16 years now. And I have wonderful, handsome husband. This November, we will be married 16 years. And we have a, a son who's 19, almost 20. Wow, can't believe that. And my daughter, who is 14. And so, you know, dealing with the teenage years. So pray for me. <laughs> pray for me. 
I am a healing coach. I am the host and founder of the Free Woman Retreat, which is a three-day experience where women really get to come and connect with the God and a best-selling author of a 31-day devotional called Discovery. And outside of those accolades, I'm just the daughter of the king. I'm, I'm just Latoya. I'm originally from Mississippi and living in Mississippi was, it was an experience. It was really culture shock when I got to Atlanta, but I really enjoyed spending that time there in Mississippi and that's where my roots run. And so being there in Mississippi, believe it or not, I really didn't grow up in the church. Like it wasn't really a requirement for us. And so I call it kind of like church hopping because we lived in such a small town. We didn't have church like every Sunday. So there would be one church that was every first and fifth Sunday. And then there was another church that was every third Sunday. There was another church that was every second and fourth Sunday. So there was like different churches that we went to that, and it was Baptist. So needless to say, I really didn't understand the King James, the do's, thou's, dies. Like I just couldn't gel with that. But so there wasn't really a personal relationship with God, but I'm thankful for those moments because even when I didn't realize it, God was equipping me and preparing me and I could feel there would be moments just sitting there as a teenager. And I'm like, why am I crying in church? Had no idea. But it was just, you know, the sensitivity of the Holy Spirit of God, you know, preparing me for the relationship that he had with me. And so that's a little bit about, you know, who I am of who I am. The point in my life where I came to God was when I really truly came to God was at the age of 18. And, you know, I found myself doing some things that I really shouldn't have been doing, you know, being what the elders would call fast in the streets, just, you know, doing things the way I wanted to do, do them. And so I really found myself doing these things. And I found myself sitting in what they call the health department, being told those three words that no 18-year-old being naive would ever want to hear, you are pregnant. I was like, everything after that sounded like the teacher from Charlie Brown. It was just like, womp, 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 womp. Like I had no idea what she was saying, which I probably should have listened because she was probably telling me how to take care of my body. But all of that went out the window when I heard those three words Um, because I just felt like I wasn't ready at that moment in my life, because I felt like I really didn't have a strong relationship with my mom. And I had a tennis scholarship, I had a basketball scholarship, I was like, I had these things happening to me that I was excited about. But I couldn't be excited because of that moment. And it was like, I did what I thought was best for me at that time. And I found myself walking into the abortion clinic. And I think it was July of 2003 walking in an abortion clinic. And I remember holding my head down because I was like, I didn't want anybody to see me. Not that they knew who I was, but it was just, it was like that walk of shame going in, seeing the protesters and everybody outside of the building. And I was sitting there in that place alone with nobody to say, hey, like, what are you doing? Nobody to even question the decision that I was about to make. I just remember sitting on that table And having this procedure done and going into the waiting room, um, the healing area, you know, the recovery area, waiting. And I just remember sitting in in my gown. And then afterward, 
I went school shopping. And I think it was just that moment of me trying to not have to rack my brain around what just happened. But I distracted myself by going school shopping, getting the things that I needed. But later that night, I was sitting in my in the family member's home and I was just sitting on the bed. It was in the back of the house at the very back of the house. Cause it was just like one of those it's, it's a one story rant. So I was in the back of the, of the home. And I remember just sitting there and all of a sudden everything just came crashing down. Like I just began to cry uncontrollably. And I was like, what did I just do? Like, what did I just do? And mind you, I didn't really have that personal, intimate relationship with God at the time. So it was just like, do what you got to do. But that night, it was just like, God, what did I just do? And that night in 2003, up until about 2012, 2013, I prayed every night for God to forgive me. Because it was like, I couldn't wrap my brain around how could someone forgive me for something that is so sinful, right? For that moment in my life. And I was just like, I just prayed and asked God. So, you know, that's a lot of praying for over 10 years to say, God, forgive me. And it wasn't until I moved to Georgia and my current pastor, I remember she had us to read this book called The True Measure of a Woman by Lisa Bevere. And I don't know about y'all, but have you ever read a book and it was just like, it changed the trajectory of your life. Like it flipped your world upside down. And that's what the first two chapters of this book did for me. And needless to say, I never picked that book back up because I thought it was going to kill me because I was just like, (laughs) it was just like a moment in my life where it's just like, I wasn't ready, you know, for this. But in chapter two, I remember so vividly, I was sitting in my master bedroom And I was reading chapter two and I got to the end and she asked two important questions that I wasn't ready for. But as I read those two questions, it was just like the walls begin to cave in on me. It was like the whole room got so small and it was just me in this book. Like it was just I tuned everything else out. And the first question that she asked me was, what is it in your closet that you need to clean out? And I just remember sitting there like, I know God wants me to clean out this thing piece of abortion, this thing piece called abortion. And my grandmother had passed away. So I was still dealing with things with that and not knowing at the time that I was dealing with depression. But having to read that question, I was like, I know that I need to clean out this piece. And I knew that God was calling me to begin my healing journey. And the second question, was what is it that you have a value to offer someone else? And I just remember a tear falling. And then there was like rivers of tears that were flowing from my eyes as I sat on that bed. And I remember writing down, I have nothing of value to give anybody because I had let my decision rob me of my confidence. It robbed me of my value. It robbed me of my worthiness. And in that moment, I began to question God, like, so why did you create me if I had no purpose? How could you possibly have me here knowing that I had no value? And I know so many people have that exact thought, God, why did you create me knowing that I had no value, knowing that I had no purpose or anything to give anybody? 
And I just remember crying and just wondering why I had to live this life. Why did I have to be created with no purpose? Because that's how I let the enemy minister to me during that moment in my life. But after I read that, we had a meeting with my pastor and with with the other women of the group. And I was like, I'm not ready to share this. Like, I don't want to share this because I had never heard anybody talk about abortion or, or anything related to it. And I remember telling my pastor, I said, you know, I told her the story and what I had written down. And she said, sweetie, she said, God forgave you the very first time that you prayed. And she didn't know it. But at the time, that was something I really needed to hear. And I didn't know the two were connected. But over those over those years, the 10 plus years that I was praying for forgiveness, I had this pain in my stomach, almost kind of a, as a reminder of what I had done. And it was just like the enemy saying, see, this is what you get for the decision that you made. But in that moment when she said, God forgave you the very first time you prayed. It was like the gift that I needed to open on Christmas Day. It was like that gift that I had been wanting for a very long time. And that moment when she said that, I've never had that pain in my stomach ever again. Because I didn't realize how that shame and guilt were connected to the pain that I was causing on myself. I was causing my own pain by holding on to the shame and guilt over those years. And that was my turning point of really God beginning to reveal to me that that was an invitation to get to know his love, to get reconnected with him and to heal not only the relationship with myself, but heal the relationship with him as well. And it was like the moment that I needed, it was like the gift of forgiveness that I needed at that moment to receive. And I opened that gift that day. And then a couple of years later, it was like, God was like, I'm ready for you to tell your story. And I was like, no, God, no, I'm not ready. We can't, we can't do this right now. (laughs) You know, I just came, uh, I just came a couple of years before, you know, revealing this to a couple of people in our group and he was like it's time for you to tell your story and I ran and I began to do other things that I thought could satisfy me by not telling my story but those things failed I tried blogging I tried um, being a quote-unquote influencer but that wasn't working and you know because we try to do these things to hopefully think that they'll satisfy the call that's on our lives but it didn't work. None of it worked. But as soon as I went to this conference and I was like, okay, the voice of God just keeps getting louder for me to tell my story. Cause I was like, I'm not ready for the judgment. I'm not ready for the ridicule. I'm not ready for the opinions of other people. And the voice just kept getting louder. And I remember 2019, I went to this conference and I asked a question and I was like, well, how do you incorporate something so taboo in, in business? And she was just like, just tell the story, just talk about it. And after I asked that question, 
I immediately ran out of that room because I was like, Latoya, what did you just do? Like, you're not this person. We don't ask like bold questions. Okay. We're comfortable with where we are. (laughs) We're comfortable with where we are. But I ran out of that room and I began to cry because I was like, oh my God, like I just told this in front of like hundreds of women. But after that, the number of women that approached me and was like, thank you so much for sharing. I've had one too. And I even had one young lady, she was like, can you pray for me? Because I've had one and now I can't conceive. And it was just like, you know, the amount of pressure and the shame that we put on ourselves. And it was just like, okay, God, thank you for that confirmation. That was the confirmation, affirmation that I needed to begin to tell my story. And so I took this course um, with my current coach, who is Patrice Washington, called Command the Stage. And in that, and she was like, look, Latoya, you're still holding on to some shame. You need to let that go because no one is going to be transformed or moved by this if you're still hiding parts of your story. And so I took this course and I began to do the work and start telling my story. And it was just like, out of nowhere, women began to contact me. and was like, can you help me? And I was like, say what now? You want me to do what? We're talking about the same young lady who said she had nothing to give anybody, like no value, nothing to offer to anybody else. And now you have women asking you to help them. And that was really the turning point of me embracing my story and beginning to help other women where I once had this thought that I was worthless, that I didn't have anything of value to offer to anyone else. But God said, No, like this is why I wanted you to tell it because other women need to know of my love. Other women need to know that I am still here waiting with open arms to receive them, you know, again or to receive them in their lives, this point of where they are right now. And it was just like an invitation for them to really know and experience God's love, you know, through me. And that's one of my prayers that my story would be the key to freeing someone else and that my life will reflect the love of God that draws them back to him. And it was it was just so refreshing. It was just so amazing, you know, to hear that. And now I get the opportunity to help other women, you know, do the same. You know, there's just so many women that contact me and they're like, oh, my God, I watch YouTube videos, but you can still tell that women are still dealing with the shame and guilt and regret of their decision. But they're like, how do you find joy, you know, from this? And one of the things that I can honestly say is when God said I was forgiven, I had this immediate thought and I was like, well, if God isn't holding this over my head, then why am I? God isn't holding his head, holding this over my head. So why am I? And I really had to get over the fear too. And it's like, I love that scripture that says God will not put us to shame. And I know that through telling my story, I have to be anchored in that promise that God will not be put, will not put me to shame because this is what he wanted me to do. So therefore he's going to protect me. And you can't tell me anything that I haven't already said about myself. I've already thought every negative thought under the sun, you know, that pertains to me. And so you can't tell me anything that I haven't already thought. And it's just one, it's God's love and just knowing that my, the love that God has for me, for me is not based on the experiences that I've had with man. 
I can't base that love because it's unconditional. I, there's not a contract that I have to do X, Y, Z in order for God to love me. And the very thing that I thought would destroy me was the very thing that delivered me. Pain can be freeing also. And, you know, the things that we experience in our lives is just an invitation for us to really an invitation to get intimate with God so that we can release those things that were never meant to be and embrace who we were created to be. And so I've just learned to really take God's word as he says it when he says, I would never leave you nor forsake you. Because there's a scripture that I love in Psalms 139, and I love the Passion Translation, and it says not even darkness isn't dark to you. So even in our darkest hour, it's light to God. But there's one particular scripture that I love and I've been meditating on, and it's Psalms 139.5. And it says, you've gone into my future to prepare the way, and in kindness, you follow behind me to spare me from the harm of my past. You have laid your hand on me. And it was like all of those times where I thought God wasn't there or he he didn't hear me. He was like, I've already gone before you to prepare the way. He's behind me to spare me from my past. I have to really just, I had to really pray and, and say, God, give me eyes to see myself just as you see me. God, show me because I'm not seeing myself in this word because of I based it on what I had done. I based it on what the enemy had spoken to me. And I was I wasn't able to see that his blessings were for me. So I said, God, you're going to have to show me who I am so that I can begin to embrace what you have written, because right now I'm not seeing it right now. I'm not seeing it. And so I just want to encourage that person who is feeling like God, you know, doesn't or hasn't hurt you, I pray that this be the confirmation that you need that God is, God is there. God is right there with you. If you allow yourself, give yourself permission to experience that love, to know that he is sparing you and keeping you from the harm of your past and to be encouraged and to know that that's why I love the book of Luke. Because it's just so, it was just like I saw myself because those people that Luke allowed us to see, they weren't perfect. They they had messed up. It was people that we thought that shouldn't or wasn't deserving of healing. And that's why I love the book of Luke, because I'm like, I can see myself in some of those people, but with God's unconditional love and with his compassion. And I'm thankful that he placed my pastor who was compassionate and loving to be the very gift that I needed. What the Bible says, refreshing water to a weary soul. She was that refreshing water for me because my soul was so weary and I was able to experience God's love through her. And so that's why I love the book of Luke because it's like everybody who was counted out, God said, no, I'm going to use them. You know, when it says in, I think it's 2 Corinthians or 1 Corinthians, where God would take the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. He said, I'll take the nobodies and make them somebodies. I just get so, I just get excited about it because I'm just like, I want women to experience the same thing that I've experienced. I want people, women to know that it's okay, that God still loves us and it's been lessons that I've learned through this. And it's like, well, I know how I felt through this. So I'm not doing that again. 
<laughs> you know, I know what it feels like to go through hell and back. So I'm not, I can't, I can't afford to do that again. And not only is my life depending on it, but my daughter's life is depending on it. My marriage is depending on it to grow in Christ and to know that what he has is unconditional. There's no conditions to it. And I've learned to, there's one affirmation that I love to say, and it says, I am not perfect. God does not expect me to be perfect. He loves me just as I am. When I was recording LaToya's story, I told her, I eventually looked at her and said, I've got to stop taking notes because I was losing the story because I was taking so many notes because she has so much to say. But one of the things really towards the end of her story, you know, she's talking about shame and just God, if I share my story, what are people going to think? You know, and it's storytellers. That's something we hear a lot Mm -hmm. as well. What if I share this story? What will people think? And when she said, you can't tell me anything I haven't already thought about myself. Mm -hmm. Whoa. I I wrote that one down and Mm -hmm. circled it. Exactly. As women, we are our own worst critic. And Satan Mm -hmm. wants to use shame as a powerful weapon against us. And that is the lie of the enemy that you have done something that God cannot forgive. LaToya's story was powerful because in my earlier, younger years, I did struggle with the same thing of just praying the same prayer of forgiveness for certain sins over and mm-hmm. over again. And if we could grasp right. God's forgiveness and freedom mm-hmm. earlier, right, man, how incredible yeah. would that be? I know. And I I think one of the things that she said that just really stuck out to me is that, you know, sometimes we think these things that we're thinking about ourselves, that's what's going to destroy us. Mm -hmm. It's actually what God wants to use to not only redeem us, but deliver us and help deliver others as well, which is exactly what she's doing through her ministry, which Mm -hmm. I I, I love that so much. Again, like you said, Robin, there were so many verses that she referenced (laughs) that I was like, oh, that's so good. Just even the darkest hour is like light to God. Somebody needs to hear that right now. Even the dark darkest hour that you're walking in is like light to God. Lay it before him. I'm thrilled, too, that Amy is able to speak to LaToya on our story within the story for this month of April. She is going to be on this Friday. And so you want to tune in and listen to how LaToya started her business, what she's doing to help other women heal from their past mm-hmm. and, and learn how to forgive themselves. I think you're going to get a lot out of that as well. And you can find that on our Patreon community. So if you're not a member, you can you can look in our show notes and find that because I think it will be a great follow-up. Again, as LaToya was sharing her story, I thought she walks women through the freedom she has found. Mm -hmm. What a gift. Mm -hmm. What a gift. We share our stories for freedom mm-hmm. and for hope. That's what we talked about the Bible study That's at the right. beginning That's of this the Bible episode. Study is all about. It is episode after episode, story after story of finding freedom. And so if you have been encouraged by Latoya's story, one, we would love for you to share it with a friend. Maybe you know someone who has experienced possibly an abortion or possibly another scenario in their life where they just can't get past the shame. We would love for you to share this story and pass it along. And if you want to find LaToya, if God has used her story to speak to you, we do have a link to her website and all of her information in the show notes below so you can find that as well. And thank you so much for listening today. We hope you have a great week and we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.